Well, Pastor Steve wanted to make sure that uh, we let everybody know that he loves you and he's taking a bit of a break. So we just keep him in prayer, family in prayer. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're traveling too much or what, but thank you, Father. So as a reminder, our offerings, we don't pass a basket, but we have boxes on, by the doors. And so I encourage you to remember giving. And I just want to share a quick scripture here on finances and the promises of God. And in 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the Amplified Bible, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance with every good work and charitable donation. <clears throat> and so the context here is that we as believers, because God is a giver, we are givers. And we give to the local church, but we also support people that are in need. We support missionaries. And as we do that, God tells us here that he will make every earthly favor come our way in abundance. We make this a pattern of our life. We just make this a pattern. And as it might not happen in one day, but as we continue, continue, continue to operate in God's ways, he is there for us in this natural world. Amen. In verse 10, and God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources. Amen. And so he gives us our bread for eating and our seed for sowing. You know, a seed may all look the same. We can grind up for flour or we can plant it. Amen. And God just will bless us in this natural world. Hallelujah. A couple announcements on uh, our Facebook page. We have the announcements listed. If you're not signed up, just go there and ask to join. Also, uh, if you get, get me your email address, we also mail them out weekly. So you'll have an update of what's happening. So I encourage you to contact me and get me your email address. Also on Facebook, we have midweek service or midweek touch point. Last week, Phyllis was with us and gave us a real encouraging word about how the Holy Spirit has worked in her life to draw her in to the things of God. And so you can connect with us there on 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning. Amen. Hallelujah. And today we have a real special treat. Brother Gus is going to come and share with us. So, amen. Is it on? Oh, I can hear it now. All right. Well, I have a backup now. We better turn this one off, though. There we go. Well, the Bible says, This is the day that the Lord hath made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice, that means get happy. Hallelujah. And there's only one place to get happy, and that's in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, it will quicken our mortal bodies. And if we are quickened, we can get happy. Oh, hallelujah. You can step from the natural into the supernatural. Because we are made in the image of God, we are supernatural beings, not natural. Even though we walk in the natural, the real man is supernatural. And so when you die, you leave this whole body behind. 
and you go on to be with the Lord. I just want to share a scripture this morning. It's Matthew 7, verse 7. And it's a scripture, you know, I think we sometimes overlook. But the Bible says that the things of God are so simple that even a child can understand them. I remember once in, in Mexico, way back, and probably was at that time the worst slum in Mexico City. And every morning I'd gather some of the neighbor kids and we'd have a little Bible study. And before we started, we'd have one of the kids pray. And it was always amazing, you know, the prayers that those kids would pray. But one day, one of the mothers was there. And her daughter, she had several children. And the little girl was, I don't think she was even three years old. She said, I'll pray today. And her mother said, well, she can't pray. She's too young. But I only wish I could have had that prayer on tape. Because she prayed the most beautiful prayer. And when she was done, her mother was just in shock. She couldn't believe that that little girl had prayed that prayer. That she had that much spiritual insight and wisdom into the things of God. But the things of God are so simple that a child can understand them. And sometimes we get so overeducated and so scientifically minded that we miss God. So I want to read Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And the Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And verse 8, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. The word of God says, ask. Jesus, he said, ask. Sometimes we forget to ask. And really, that's what prayer is all about. Verbalizing your desires. You know, when God created the world, he spoke. And the world came into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And so the first thing we need to do, sometimes we forget to, we need to ask. And the Bible says, ask, and you will receive. Now, I was thinking about that. It doesn't necessarily say you will receive what you ask for. It says you will receive. So thinking about that, I thought, well, maybe he could have put patience there. Pray, and you will receive patience. If you prayed and you don't see the answer right away, not as soon as you want. By the time the answer comes, you forgot about the whole deal. You moved on to something else. But Jesus said, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. And what do people seek after in this world? Usually they're seeking everything but God. But I think what God is really referring to, seek, and you will find the kingdom of God. We ask, where is it? The Bible says the kingdom of God is here. It's now. Hallelujah. 
It's not in some far off place. It's here. The Spirit of God is here. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you always until the end of time. He's here. Just like he was when he walked the streets of Nazareth. And so when you ask, you can expect to receive just as much as those people did. And we know that they couldn't all receive because they couldn't all hear because their hearts weren't open to the things of God. Sometimes God answers prayer. Sometimes he answers it before we even ask, I think. I remember two weeks ago, I was sitting right over there in church on a Sunday morning. And I'm sitting there listening to the sermon with my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, I, 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 I saw this picture in my mind. The hands of God held out like this. Big hands. And I had a cow with a bad hoof. She couldn't walk, or she could barely walk. And I was thinking about calling the vet. But when I saw that picture in my mind, I mean, it's like a little mini vision. I thought God is going to heal that cow. And so every time I was out in the pasture in the next couple of days, I said, thank you, Lord, that cow is healed. Thank you for what you've done. And a couple of days later, that cow was up and it was completely normal. And I thought, isn't that awesome? That God cares about my old cow. And I didn't even pray about it. Maybe he was showing me that I needed to stop and seek him first. And I remember years ago, we were sitting in the kitchen. And we were looking at the cows out in the pasture. And there was a cow out there, and she was limping really bad. And somebody said, you need to call the vet and take care of that cow. I said, why should I call the vet when God is well able to heal it? I said, I just believe that God is going to heal that cow. And you know, I went out there the next day, and that cow was completely healed. And I thought, praise God. Isn't that awesome? You know, the Bible says that not a, a sparrow falls out of the air without God taking notice. He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet God feeds them. And look at the lilies of the field. They don't spin or weave, and yet they're clothed even more majestically than Solomon in all his glory. How much more does he care for us and the problems and the things that are going on in our lives? God loves us. He has our names inscribed on the palm of his hand. You know that old song? When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And so were you. Because he died for me. And he died for you, that you might be free. Free from sin, free from the cares of this world, free from sickness, free just to be happy and live a joyful life. 
Oh, hallelujah. You know, we were at a prayer meeting on Sunday. Pastor Dean was there. And one of the local farm girls looked at me and she said, you know, the pastor is drying up. And the Bible says that we can have what we ask for. If two of us will, will agree touching any one thing, it will be done for us. She said, we need some rain. She said, will you agree with me that it's going to rain Sunday night? And then she said, how much rain do you want? I said, I'll take three quarters of an inch. She said, I want an inch. And you know, on a Sunday night, it rained three quarters of an inch. And I'm sure that on her farm, it rained an inch. And I thought, wow, isn't that awesome? Huh? That God hears our prayers. That he cares about those little things in our lives. You know the story of the old missionary, you know. He told the story about the man. He got saved. And the man, he always felt that when he got saved, that God was going to call him to China. And he didn't want to go. So he would always backslide. But he got to that point in his life when he gave his life totally over to the Lord. But when he did that, he said, Lord, do I still have to go to China? And the Lord spoke to him, and the Lord said, no, I don't want you to go to China. I never wanted you to go to China. I just wanted you to be willing to go. Oh, hallelujah. That's what he wants from us. He just wants us to be willing to follow him to fellowship with him every moment of the day. So prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is walking with God. Prayer is fellowshipping with God all day long. Hallelujah. That's really what prayer is. He said, ask. He said, knock and the door will be opened. He doesn't really say the door. He says, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And you know, the greatest gift there is is to have the things of the Spirit open up to you. When you get to that place in Christ where you believe that the Word of God is true. Hallelujah. You know the story about... Pat and Mike... They were on a ship, and the ship was sinking. So they got in the lifeboat. And it was just Pat and Mike. They were all alone, and all of a sudden, the lifeboat sprung a leak. And it started to go down. Pat says, I think we need to do something religious. Mike says, let's take up an offering. He says, no, we can't do that. He said, let's pray. Why is it that we always, that's the last thing that comes to our mind, to pray about things. Oh, hallelujah. They tell another story. Remember the big dirigibles, the gondolas, those filled with hydrogen, you know. And that was back in the days of World War II, Nazi Germany. And the army had a dirigible, and they were trying to get it close to the tower and attach it to this tall tower that they were working on. And they said they had 200 men with ropes. 
trying to hold that big thing up in the air, but all of a sudden something happened. I don't know if a gust of wind came down or if they put more hydrogen in that big balloon, and all of a sudden it took off. And all those men that were holding on the ropes, they got lifted off the ground. Now some of them had the good sense to let go. But some of them didn't let go right away. They hung on. And after they got up in the airways, they, they dropped off. Some of them got hurt. Some of them got killed. And women were crying and babies were screaming. And the children were afraid to look at what was going on. But one man, he held on. He didn't let go. Fifteen minutes went by, and he's still dangling up there at the end of that rope, way up in the air. And that, that gondola, that thing just kept getting farther and farther away until he got so high, he looked like a little tin soldier up in the sky. Half hour went by, and he's still hanging on. People said, how can he hang on? An hour went by, and he's still up there, swinging back and forth at the end of that rope. And when they finally got him back down on the ground, they put him on a stretcher. He said, well, there's nothing wrong with me. He said, I'm fine. Well, they asked him, they said, how did you manage to hang on and nobody else could? He said, well... He said, when I realized what was going on, he said, I noticed there's three, four feet of rope hanging down below my hands. He said, I reached down with one hand and wrapped that rope around my waist. And he said, I just sat up there and enjoyed the scenery. <laughs> and that's what we need to do, wrap ourselves in the promises of God. Oh, hallelujah. If we can do that, we won't be so concerned about what's going on around us. You know, we won't walk in fear. The Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. And we need to remember that. Jesus said, casting all your cares on me, for I care for you. We cast our cares on him. He'll carry him for us. He carried him on the cross. He carried all our hurts, our pains. He carried our sickness. He carried it on the cross so that we might be free to live and enjoy life. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I got a phone call two nights ago. And it was from way back in the hills of Mexico. He said, this is Enrique Mendoza. I said, I, I, said, I know, I recognize your voice. He said, I've been trying to call you for months. He said, but I, I just haven't been able to connect. He said, have you changed your phone? I said, no, my phone is the same. But, but he, two nights ago, he got through. And I said, well, what's going on in San Baltasar, Oaxaca, Los Pochutla? And of course, it's the worst earthquake zone in Mexico. They have several, have had several major earthquakes in the last couple of years. They had lots of them while I was there. So I got used to earthquakes. You never really get used to earthquakes, not severe earthquakes. But with the coronavirus, I said, what's happening? And he said, well, he said, we opened church up last week. Churches have been closed. I talked to someone in Guatemala a week ago. 
The churches in Guatemala are still closed. An evangelist friend of mine called. He said, they've canceled all my meetings for the next year. But God is still on his throne. But then he told me something that really encouraged me. Enrique Mendoza. I remember the first time I met him. He was a young boy. He was also the village drunk. And he, his words are that when he drank, he got crazy. <laughs> and you would see him running through town and the police behind him trying to catch him on foot. And they never could catch him. He'd always figure out a way to hide or get away from him. But he came to me one day in that village. And he said, he said, there's a little girl that is dying of dysentery, which was pretty common in the village. And lots of kids died. He said, I know that you pray for people who are sick. He said, no, I don't believe any of this. He said, I'm not a believer. And I don't want you to preach to me. But he said, if you want to pray for that little girl, he said, I'll take you up there. And so we walked through the hills up to that house, and I met the family. And I told them, I said, there is a God in heaven who loves you who loves you so much he sent his son Jesus to die in your place. And if you will accept him as your Lord and Savior and give him your life, he'll heal your daughter. And I prayed for that little girl that day. And I found out later that God healed her. Every time God healed a child, another family came to church. Sometimes several families came to church. But today, Enrique Mendoza has been pastoring that church, the village drunk. He's been pastoring that church for the last 20, 30 years. And he said, we got a new project. He said, we're building a radio station. And when I first heard it, I thought, that sounds impossible. In that little village way back in the hills, when I got there, they didn't even have electricity. And they're going to build a radio station? He said, we, we're almost there. He said, they just need a couple more things they need to buy, and <clears throat> they'll be on air. I said, well, what kind of red tape do you have to go through to build a radio station in Mexico? He said, here back in the hills, there, are, there is no red tape. You just set up your station and you start broadcasting. So I knew what was coming. I always know what's coming. They're going to ask for money. And usually by that time of the conversation, I get a yes or a no. Sometimes it's a no. Like, no, I'm not going to do this. But I got a yes. 
Like, this is God. God is going to use that radio station to broadcast the good news of Jesus to all those villages back in the hills, some of them that have never heard the gospel. And I know that Enrique, over the years, they've been very active in mission work, traveling. I've been in lots of those villages. Some of them have churches, some of them don't. So the story goes on. You know, I thought my work there was maybe over. But God's not done yet. You know, once you get a fire going, it keeps burning. Hallelujah. And that encouraged me to know that God is still working. God is still doing miracles. He hasn't changed. He never will change. The heart of God is to touch your life in a bigger and a greater way so that you can reach out and touch somebody else. There is nothing more powerful, I don't think, than personal testimony. That is what God has done in my life. It's great to read the stories, you know. They build our faith. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You want to build your faith? Sometimes it gets weak. We need to spend more time in the Word. We need to spend more time praising God. Even listening to Christian music, that builds your faith because it's a gospel message. But when we get lost in the world, watching worldly movies, watching the news, oh, dear Lord. Hallelujah. We have good news. This is good news. Hallelujah. How many of you know that this is God speaking to you? Look at your neighbor and say, this is God speaking to you. Then point to yourself and say, this is God speaking to me. Hallelujah. This word is for us. It doesn't today and forever. God stands behind his word to perform it. He does. And he will. Sometimes you have to knock. Sometimes you have to ask. Sometimes you have to seek God with your whole heart when the answer doesn't come. Because the problem is not on God's end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's on your end. It's on my end. We get our hearts right with God, and God is right there with the answer. I've seen miraculous healings over and over again, sometimes instantaneous, in my own life, but in other lives, especially when I was on the mission field. It got so common that you, you got so where you expected, when you prayed for somebody, you expected something to happen. Hallelujah. I'll never forget praying for a baby in Mexico City. They took the baby's temperature before we prayed. Temperature was way over 100 degrees. We got done praying. They took the baby's temperature again. It was normal. That's God. God can do that. Sometimes the answer comes slow. Sometimes he's waiting for us to make a change in our lives or to build our faith. Jesus, you know, he said he had some phrases he just used over and over again. He said, let it be according to your faith. How many times did he say that in Scripture? Then he says, take no thought. 
take no thought for tomorrow, for the things of this world. Don't dwell on them. Dwell on the things of God. And things begin to change in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. The scripture keeps coming back to me from 2 Corinthians. 7.14. If my people... It's that old if clause in the Bible, you know. If... If you do this, if my people, that's us, we are the people of God. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, right there we lose a bunch, and pray, we lose another bunch, and seek my face. We lose some more. And turn from their wicked ways. We lose another group. Huh? Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. And we're worried about coronavirus. Really? I talked to people all over the world. I said, do you know anybody that's sick? Do you personally know anybody that's sick? And the answer is always no, they don't. I know a few people that have been tested positive, but nobody's sick. What's everybody so excited about? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. We live in a land that needs healing and what we need to do is pray. We need to pray in faith. The Bible talks about the prayer of faith. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. Hallelujah. Some prayers don't get as high as the ceiling and they fall back to the ground, bounce on the floor. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. Sometimes we're there, sometimes we're not. But when we're in faith, the answer comes. How do you get there? Seek, and it shall be opened unto you. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. Seek, and you will find. Ask, and it will be given. So simple, a child can understand it. Hallelujah. No, the Bible says that if we ask for a fish, God will not give us a scorpion. If a good parent knows how to give us good things, how much more God, who loves us, who made us, who made us in his image. And when we receive him as Savior and Lord, the Spirit of the Lord comes inside of us. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, quickens us, quickens our mortal bodies, changes us, hallelujah, so that we can say that old things have passed away and all things have become new in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We have a new mind. Our mind's been renewed by the power of the blood. You can now say, I have the mind of Christ. And if that's true, then we need to walk like it and we need to talk like it. Oh, hallelujah. And that's hard to do sometimes in a fallen world. Oh, praise God.
You know, I could preach all day, I think. But I know it's getting late. Ephesians 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there is a battle going on. And sometimes the answer does not come because Satan is standing against us. But that doesn't mean he's going to win. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, James, the Bible says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Ooh. That means that we need to do the praying. You know, you can't depend on somebody else to do all your praying for you. Sometimes we need to bend our knee. It says, is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray for him, anointing him with oil as in the name of the Lord. And then it says, the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So one of the greatest obstacles to receiving from God is unforgiveness. If you're holding unforgiveness towards somebody, it blocks your prayers. It blocks the Spirit of God. You need to let it go. Now, I've, I've dealt with people, you know, that have been so hurt by other people. They say, I can't forgive them. And I tell them, well, there's a place to start. Just say, I choose to forgive that person in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, give me the grace to forgive. Give me the grace to let it go. And that releases something and makes a way for the Holy Ghost to work in your life. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, have faith in God. Just, I heard old R.W. Schombach preach that message. Have faith in God. Just have faith in God. Just believe what the Word of God says. Just take it at face value. I believe this is going to come to pass in my life. If I do this, and you know, and I'll stand and I'll shout to the Lord, your Word says. And you can't stop because faith does not take no for an answer. Faith says, I got this. I refuse to let this go. And that's what God is waiting for in your life. You need to be like that centurion soldier. He said to Jesus, because he sent someone to get Jesus when he heard the message. And his servant was at the point of death. And he said to Jesus, I am not worthy that you enter under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus was amazed. He said, I have never seen so much faith in all of Israel. 
That centurion soldier said, I am a man under authority. I say to this soldier, go, and he goes. I say to this one, stay, and he stays. I say, come, and he comes. I say, do this, and he does it. Only say the word, and he will be healed. And Jesus says, go your way. Your servant has been healed. He was at the point of death. When he got home, he was whole, normal, healthy, happy, ready to go back to work. And that word is for each and every one of us. You know, there's things that happen to me in my life I don't tell people about. I just have to get alone with God. I'd say, I don't know anybody that's got faith to even believe for this. I'll do it on my own faith. I'll get together with God and we're going to work this through. And I've been at times in my life when I've been dying myself. I said, Lord, if you don't heal me, when I get to heaven, we're going to talk this over. And I know that maybe I crossed the line when I did that. But God healed me. Just like that. Whoo! When God does it, you don't get a medical bill in the mail. It wouldn't be so bad if you got just one, but they keep coming. You get one, a couple days later you get another one. Then you get another one. It never seems to end. God has a better way. Do you believe that God can do it in your life? Oh, come on, stand up, everybody, today. Stand up, let's pray. What's holding you back? What's that need you have in your life today, no matter what it is? Financial? Oh, hallelujah. Philippians 4.19. He said that he would meet all of our needs. All of them. How he does it? Ooh, that's up to him. But you know, when you, you get to that place where you believe that God is moving, that God is real, that God is going to do something in your life, that whatever it is that you're working and struggling through, when you get to that point where you believe God, you can stand up and shout because the answer has already come. All you're doing is waiting for the manifestation in your flesh. Hallelujah. Because you know the answer is on the way. Satan is trying to hold it back, but the more you shout and the more you jump and the more you lift your hands and thank God and praise God, the sooner that old devil's going to have to let go. And when he lets go, the miracle is going to come. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we just lift up that thing that's coming against us. If it's pain in your body, sickness in your body, cast it on the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I believe that I was healed 2,000 years ago by the blood of Jesus. I am healed. I am whole. The Bible says that he who waits upon the Lord shall renew his strength. He shall run and not be weary. He shall walk and not faint. Lord, we just thank you for new strength today in our physical bodies. Oh, hallelujah. He who waits upon the Lord. Lord, we stand in your presence today. We lift up our need to you. Oh, hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord, that you are losing angels in heaven right now to deal with this situation in my life. The word of the Lord says, the angel of God encamps about those who love him.
we just thank you, Lord, for supernatural provision in our lives. We thank you for that healing touch of your Holy Spirit. We just activate that healing power inside of us right now in Jesus' name. Lord, your word says that the word will not return unto you void. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that it is done. And we lift up hands and we praise your name because we know the answer is on the way. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just ask you to reach out and touch everyone here today with your love, with the power of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen our hearts, Lord. Strengthen our physical bodies. Heal us in every area of need. Give us that special grace to walk in love with those who hate us, who speak against us, those who don't agree with us. Lord, we just thank you for your presence in our lives every day, all night long. Lord, help us to feel your presence at night when we wake up, in the morning when we get up, that we would see your hand in everything that you have created. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. May God bless you. May you have a good week. And may you walk with him in a closer and more perfect fellowship. In Jesus' mighty name. And so you can leave. I think the ushers are going to take you out from the back to the front. Jesus, your name, your name brings healing.